by knowing the right tax questions to ask, that at least opens the doors to opportunities with tax. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, the show dedicated to the private investor, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. We want to show you how to cross the divide from residential investing over to commercial property investing. Through interviews, tips and lessons learned, we share experiences of investing and give you the inspiration, knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash-flowing strategy. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the CPI podcast. On today's short episode, I'm going to share a few useful tax advantages I've found with commercial property investing. Okay. So is it possible to really do a short podcast on tax? Well, not really, but I'm also not a tax advisor, so probably shouldn't be doing a podcast about it anyway. However, I have learned a few things along the way. What I want to talk about now is some of the topics and questions you should be asking your business tax advisor or your accountant, because by knowing the right tax questions to ask, that at least opens the doors to opportunities with tax. Tax is often viewed in a negative way by a lot of people, but at the end of the day, for a functioning society, we all need to contribute to enjoy the benefits of modern life. For me, there is a balance, though, and the uneducated or uninquisitive, poorly advised business owner could completely miss tax reductions they're fully entitled to. The principle, I like to think, is that business and commerce help the world go round, and without it, we'll be in a pretty sorry state. Because of that, central governments do provide more incentives for business to exist and provide employment. Okay, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to avoid getting all political on this. But to reaffirm, I'm not a tax advisor. Anything I say on here, as usual, is just from my own experience. But I do hope some of these things will come in useful for some of our listeners, particularly in the UK, which is really the area I'm talking about these tax advantages. This topic is really boring for some, so stick with me. And for others, it's really exciting because there can be some real opportunities to make or break projects and businesses. It's about knowing your way around the vast canyons of the tax code. Finally, I want to say this is a condensed list, by the way, and a list that's continually evolving. It is a topic we often talk about within the CPI network, and I recently did an hour-long online meet about this very subject. In other words, I'm really giving you a taster. Right, let me go through a short list of my musings and tax-related lessons from the last 19 years. Some of these things would have been really useful to know before I got started. And it's often about timing, though. So hopefully some of these are going to be in at the right time for you. Let's get stuck in. So number one, as a business owner, you're able to claim certain legitimate trading expenses. So for instance, fuel and travel costs to projects, education and communications, anything relating directly to your day-to-day business activities. That's nothing new I hear you say, but for some it is a revelation because now that target figure you felt you needed to replace your job income is now a lot less. You might have thought it was £5,000 a month for instance, but now it might be closer to four because some of life's costs are legitimate costs from a business perspective. Ask your accountant for a full list and keep good records. It amazes me how many people, for instance, that pay for lunch, either because I've had lunch with me and I've been, they've been very, I've been grateful they've paid for it, or uh, they've paid for a lunch with a customer or a supplier and they don't ask for a receipt. I just find it extraordinary. Don't forget, 
interest payments are also an expense that you can put against your profit and loss, which of course you can for residential if you've got them in a limited company. Now the second one here is about VAT. And for some people, VAT is a problem and they don't want to get VAT registered. But imagine claiming back 20% on all of your refurbishment costs. The bigger the project, the more the impact. Imagine claiming back the VAT on your management fees, on your severe and legal fees when you buy property. You can't usually do that when you're buying and refurbing a residential property less to let out. And what about all the VAT on your fuel? The utilities, furnishings, lighting, your communications, it's all claimable if you're VAT registered. There is a supposed downside, of course, and that is you'll have to charge VAT because you can't claim it without then charging it. But most of our clients don't really query it. There are the occasional one or two, but there's very few, in fact. And let's put it another way. All of our buildings, bar one, are VAT registered so they're elected to tax, as it's called, and they're all currently, on average, 95% occupied. So it's maybe not a challenge, certainly for our customers. Now, there is a whole process to follow to elect a tax building, and that you will need to talk to either us or your lawyer or accountant about. I can't really cover all of that here. It's a whole podcast in of its own. And one other note to be aware of, if you're buying a commercial property with VAT, then you need to include that when you're doing your calculations for stamp or land and buildings tax. It is one of those double taxations. They will want to tax you for the VAT. Third one, no additional home supplement. So in the UK, um, when you're buying a property, there's a purchase tax called ADS, and we basically or additional dwelling supplement. And in Scotland, it's 6%. Every time you buy a residential property in Scotland that isn't your own, uh, sorry, isn't your main one, <laughs> then you're going to pay an extra 6% for the privilege. And in England, it's 3%. Of course, that is changing, has been changing. Um, by the time you listen to this, it may have changed again. But you don't have that in commercial property. So you can take that one out of your calculations. The fourth one I've got here. Fairly complicated one, but I'm just going to touch on it. And that's refurbishment or replacement costs versus capital and new. Now, make sure your accountant doesn't automatically put all expenditure down or improvements that you're putting into a property as new. As this will show on your balance sheet when you're doing your accounts, but will increase your taxable income because capital improvements are not tax deductible. And I'll clarify that. I'll give you an example. So if you're putting up a new stud wall, that is treated as capital cost. It's not replacing a wall, unless you specifically have for some reason. And that means that it goes on your capital expenditure, but it doesn't come off your profit and loss, which means you still have to pay the tax, even though you've reinvested the money. But because it's been reinvested in a capital element, it gets taxed. If, however, you've reinvested your profit into um, replacements, like for like, so for instance, you've replaced a carpet, or maybe even you've replaced um, a door because it's damaged, those sorts of things are, that's more subtle, and you can put that down as refurbishment, which then goes against your year-end profit. And that leads me on to number five. I hope that was clear, by the way. Basically, the point is, make sure you're checking with your accountant that when they're doing your accounts, 
they are explaining to you what's going in as capital and what's going in as replacements and refurbishment. So the next one that, that leads me on to is capital allowances, which often gets confused with that. Capital allowances, this is a tax relief that allows you to deduct some or all of the value of an item before tax, so before corporation tax. And essentially you can claim against your profit from that year, or it could be carried forward into future years against equipment or machinery, which can include things such as boilers, some ele um, electrical and lighting equipment, things that could be potentially taken out. And those fixtures and fittings or machinery can then go in and be, um, this allowance allows you to offset them against profit. So it can be really exciting, can make a big difference. And if done right, and you're holding on for the long term, can really impact the profitability of a project, but it will come off against your capital spent on a building. So if you imagine if you've spent £100,000 buying a building and you claim £20,000 worth of capital allowances, well, technically, as far as I'm aware, maybe wrong, but as far as I'm aware, your building now sits on your books at £80,000. So if you come and sell it for 100000 there's a taxable gain there. You need to get your accountant to tell you how that works. But capital allowances, as exciting as they are, there is a sting in the tail if you're going to sell on the property. And it also forms part of the negotiation with the new buyer. Right, I'm running out of time. So the last one I'm going to cover here is SAS pensions. And I can't do this without mentioning SAS, right? From a property investing point of view, this is unique to commercial property. It's very difficult and expensive to invest into any residential property with pension money, and the HMRC doesn't like it and will penalise you for it. But the combination of SAS money and the CMO strategy that we use can yield really exciting results because it can give you income outside of your pension now and a non-taxable gain within your pension wrapper. So basically, by investing in property with your own personal pension, commercial property that is, you can make um, whatever profit you want within the SAS and it won't, be it won't be taxed. Now, if you're trying to earn money right now, that's not as exciting. But you could couple that with a CMO strategy to allow you to extract some income on the outside by having an operations business. More about that in other podcasts. But it's a really useful way of working with tax code that allows you to um, invest back in your business. Now, each and every one of these I've mentioned really is an episode on its in of its own, or even in some cases many episodes to cover all the nuances. But my objective today is not to advise, but to share some of the topics that I've learned over the last 19, 20 years of commercial property investing. I certainly haven't learned all. I'm always asking questions about these things. And I do find that knowing the questions to ask can really help. So I'm hoping that some of these topics will introduce questions and conversations you can have with your own accountant. And remember, not all accountants understand property tax, so just be aware of that. And just because they say, no, you can't do that, make sure you understand the reason why and maybe seek additional opinion. Commercial property can be exciting and a profitable way to invest in the property market. But as I often say, knowing your way around tax codes can turn a mediocre deal into a really good-looking deal. And that's something pretty unique to commercial. It's something that residential has less opportunity to do so. So I hope this has been useful. And if it has, and you save some serious money, then please take a moment to leave a review, a positive review of the show. And make sure you're 
taking your regular commercial property market swimming lessons. <laughs> that is exactly what we do at the CPI Network. We act as guides and teach the fundamentals of getting in the commercial swim. So check out the show notes for more information on how to join our network of commercial property investors. So until next time, have fun. Hi there. I hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be your first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.